Welcome to the Pharos Fit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the Pharos Fit Podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm back here today with uh, Tyler Manzo. Hey Ty. How are we doing, Pete? Good. And Elena. Hi. Hey, Elena. Today, we're going to talk about nutrition, an absolute minefield. There's so much we can talk about on nutrition. Uh, we're going to try not to get too deep into nutrition on a cellular level. Uh, we're going to try and keep it fun. We, uh, especially me and Tyler, um, have a lot of experience with trying different kinds of uh, nutrition, different kinds of diets, uh, some totally stupid, some kind of cool. Uh, but I think everything we've done, we've learned something from. So it'd be fun to, to share some of those experiences with you. Elena's here. She's She's got some interesting uh point of views on nutrition and uh, some interesting things to say um, and some confusion that needs probably clearing up. As always. As always. But we'll, uh, we'll get there. So where do we start? So Farris Athletic Club, the way that we usually start people at the gym with an intro is a, a basic physical program that they're going to they're gonna commence upon and a nutritional guideline they're going to try and stick to. Now, when you take someone who just comes to the gym and you give them a nutritional profile, you, you can't make it too complicated. It has to be relatively simple, depending on their levels of experience. So for some people, it's just a basic, okay, these are the calories we're going to give you. Phase one, you're just going to try and stick to the, the calories. Once they're now the calories, then we're going to start really trying to uh, get them to stick to X amount of protein a day. We always believe protein is of first importance is what it means in greek that's where it comes from do you know that Lynn? no protein, what do you mean of first importance that's what it means in greek that's where it comes from it's interesting because yeah, it's the most important macronutrient got it that's why we start with that one we'll get to more questions later more carry questions. on <laughs> um so yeah after we've uh figured out the calories we then figure out the protein uh once they've nailed the protein we'll bring in the, the carbs and fats so of course as we understand it, uh, protein is what allows our muscles to recover and grow. We get our energy from fats and carbs, and that's the distinction between the macronutrients. Again, something people sometimes get confused. If I do not consume carbs or fats, I will not have any energy. If I do not consume protein, my muscles will not recover, and I'll not be able to... That's what people get confused by? Wait, wait. That's what's true, right? That's, yeah, that's what's <laughs> that's true. A, that's okay. the truth. Yeah. Okay. It's both true and what people get confused by. Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, so once we have that, that, that those basics down, you know, usually that will be enough for most people um, and kind of what we will always come back to. Um, the basic guidelines of how many calories do I need a day? How much protein do I need a day? How much carbs and how much fats? relative to the, you know my goals, uh, the work that I do in the gym and the size I'm currently at, uh, what I'm trying to what I'm trying to achieve. So often what happens is people will will do something like this for X amount of time and then they're like, now I want to try this. okay And then we go into this huge debate about what's good, what's bad, what works, what doesn't work, what's healthy, what's not healthy, what's good for the environment, what's bad for the environment. And like I said, it's a complete minefield. So, uh, Tyler. Yes, Peter. Let's start with you. <laughs> Out of everything that you've done, and I know you've done a lot, which diet have you really learned the most from? Um, I think uh, coming from 
a background of sports and performance. Um, I think carbohydrates have been a huge main focus for a really long time in my life. So taking those out and trying, let's say the ketogenic diet, taking those out and understanding different energy sources coming from fat. I've, I've learned a lot. Uh, I'm trying to be unbiased. I'm not on keto now. Um, I've tried everything like you say, but what I learned from the most on what is the difference between all the macronutrient breakdowns, like you were talking about fat, uh, proteins and carbs. I learned the most from the ketogenic. Yeah. And do you mean that in the sense of um, you were not able to perform at the same level when you were on the ketogenic diet because of the lack of glycogen, because of the lack of carbohydrates? Yes, but I didn't stay at home and cry in my room. Right. I still had the ability to go to the gym. I still had the ability to live. Um, but yes, my performance start to, started to diminish when I took out carbohydrates. Yeah. I mean, I found the same thing kind of like with the carnival thing. Like I can... Um, I can I can perform and I can perform at maybe like 80% of my capacity uh, and if I'm doing certain types of things like uh, if I'm just strength training or if I'm just doing bodybuilding type workouts I'm totally fine on fats um, I find that once we get into the realm of high intensity training like CrossFit type stuff um, mm -hmm. sprint type stuff where glycogen is traditionally the, the primary fuel source um, I, I definitely cannot perform at the same level um, after a certain amount of time so, you know, once once the glycogen levels get depleted, I think I think we both experienced a, a, a somewhat of a drop in performance. Yeah, definitely a drop in performance. I think it it, it also, um, I don't know if you experienced this, but you know, when you recommend something like a ketogenic diet, like you said, like you should not be doing these things you should not be doing crossfit right. you should not be trying to sprint every single day like you should you know cater your protocol of your workouts around what you're putting inside of your body right so um when i would do those things like when i would do the crossfit or do um you know sprint like exercises it's not like you said like you can you can do them you can your performance might be a little low but what you're also going to feel is that you're just like you start to like really get angry and you start right. to like really diminish in your like overall you start to get a little bit of brain fog and stuff like that because your body's basically going into this like recovery mode because you just beat it up without any fuel and right. um so i think that uh you know people will fight you on that like a lot of the ketogenic community would be like no that's you know that's that's not right you know ketones work the same way as carbs and it's just like i don't know if that's the right right thing. i have right. a couple of questions yeah yes one when you say glycogen levels you mean carbs correct okay and two tyler which diet made you stay home and cry in your room <laughs> <laughs> um i i did do a diet it's one of the older diets um and it is called the potato diet that was uh <laughs> did you care, did you care to explain I, I will um i was gonna save this one for a little later but let's let's dive right into it uh the potato <laughs> diet is uh it's something that i ran across on um on joe rogan's podcast uh i forget the actual um person he had on talking about it but it's a very old diet back dating back to like the 1800s so it's probably not the smartest diet in the world but 
Well, um, what it does is it actually mentally uh, gives you a little bit more of a connection with food. And the reason why is <laughs> it does. I know it sounds hilarious <laughs> that all you're you eating. Because you want it? Because you're well, just eating potatoes? <laughs> it, well, here's it, it gives you more of this like mental uh, connection with food in the way that like what is hunger and what actually is food to you. Got it. So let me let me put it to you this way. I give you a bag of potato chips and I give you a plain baked potato. Like, which one are you going to choose right off the bat? The chips. The chips. Okay. Because it adds a variety to your, like, brain, basically. And what it does is it, it feels like it's more satiating. It feels like you could eat it whether you were starving or you were already full. So if I were to, like, basically feed you and I'm like, all right, you're like, listen, I've already had enough food. I'm good to go. Like, I'm not hungry anymore. And I would have put that same kind of plate of the potato chips and the potato in front of you you would probably still have the potato. Maybe you have one because you just want to taste it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're on the potato diet, like you're basically, you can only have a potato. You can only have a baked potato or a steamed potato or any kind of potato, but just can't have any salt, can't have anything with it. How many potatoes do you eat a day <laughs> on a potato diet? You can have as many as you want. But the thing is, <laughs> and what I'm trying to get at is that you're only going to have as much that basically turns off that hunger symbol. Mm-hmm. So it gives you this kind of break in calories to where you're like, oh, okay, like I'm I'm satiated, I'm good, I'm, I don't want any more fucking potatoes. <laughs> like just it, don't give me any more potatoes. So it lowers, it's this dramatic lowering of your caloric intake um, where as if you were to give somebody this kind of calorie breakdown, there's a tendency, meaning like what we do at Pharos, uh, let's say I give you this 2000 calorie breakdown, there's a tendency to actually, okay, well, maybe I did, you know, 2,500 on accident that day. Um, just because you had that bag of potato chips and you had that extra little calories and you didn't think that it was going to add in or you didn't know because even though you were hungry, you still wanted to grab it because you wanted to taste it. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. We should point out that Tyler is not sponsored by any kind of potato company. <laughs> that we know how, how of. I'm you, still looking for one. How long but, did you do that for? Uh, I did it for a week. Just a week. Just a week. By like by the end of the week, I knew what it was all about. Like what I was talking about is like your relationship between hunger and food. He did it for all of us, guys. Did it for the people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's interesting actually because that kind of segues us into intermittent fasting. When you talk about you know your relationship to food and how food tastes. Um, We are living in a society, of course, where food is available all the time. You can go to the convenience store. You can get whatever you want whenever you want. And we often forget like what food really tastes like and um what appetite is and you know we eat we eat because we can eat and not necessarily because we need to eat and um, i know you've done intermittent fasting i've done intermittent fasting mm-hmm. elena does what do we call it intermittent fasting pescatarianism by something? mistake by yeah by chance by, by chance, by chance. <laughs> um and I, I mean, I've done intermittent fasting a bunch of times with with great success. And um, you know, the the, the, the typical kind of um, um, you know, sixteen hour fast, eight hour uh, window. Um, and I've leaned out very quickly on it. Um, I've found my relationship with food has been better on it. My appetite, um, my sorry, my relationship with food, as in how food tastes, has improved. My insulin sensitivity has improved. Um, it's a lot easier for me to, to, to drop calories if I want to do that when I'm intermittent fasting. 
Um, I definitely, you know, in terms of like energy balance throughout the day, um, which was actually, we, I didn't mention this, but similar with, with the carnival stuff. Um, Carnivore? Is that what you're diet. saying? Yeah. Okay. Like, um, similar to the keto thing, but it's it's more based in just steak as opposed to like more higher protein, lower fats, basically. But still, still very little glycogen. I was on less than 30 grams of carbs a day. Okay. Um, but when you do that, when you when you do eliminate any sugar, you don't get the same kind of insulin spikes throughout the day. So your energy doesn't like rise and drop. That You, you know, when you have sugar, your energy like yeah. soars and then drops off the mm-hmm. cliff. Which has a direct like correlation to hunger signal in your yeah. body as well. Yeah. So I was much more stabilized on the carnival. Uh, same as I was much more stabilized when I was intermittent fasting. Um, and I also found performance-wise, like intermittent fasting, I didn't really see a decline in, in performance. Um, I did see like ultimately I, I lose too much weight um, because I and I think it's partly because of my, my job and what I do like I need a lot of a lot of calories to, 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 to get through it and I think if I if I when I intermittent fast and try and keep up with my job and everything I, I, I miss meals and can't get things in when I need to get them in and then suddenly you know I'm, You're not eating. I'm in too much of a deficit all the time yeah um, but you know I, I, I have used it on many clients that has been very successful at you know, improving their, their um, body fat percentage. Um, and again, their relationship with food. I think it's a good, it's a good thing to do from time to time um, because it um, allows you to a kind of a reset, like a digestive reset, you know, an insulin sensitivity reset. Yeah, it's the big, re- big reset button. So wait, body. so back up. So you, you start eating what, at 11? 12? Well, you can do different windows. Um, okay. I usually used to start, eat at 12 and finish at 8. Yeah. And Got then it. fast through to 8 the next, uh, fast through to 12 the next day. And, um, you know, typically you're still given like, you, you still need to get this amount of calories and these are your macros, but you're, you're eating everything within a specific Oof. window. Yeah. So you're allowing your digestive tract to rest. And you're... It's tough. Yeah. And in, in, in why do you say that's tough? Because I have a hard time needing like enough calories as it is with 24 hours you know that to to think about it in just the window of 12 to 8 and to get like i think intermittent fasting would be easier or something that would seem doable to me if like i was like okay like i'm only going to eat between 12 and 8 but i am eating like a lunch and a dinner well this 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 is why this this diet would not be for you specifically because you're you're an under eater not an over eater your your problem is you forget to eat and then you then and then I eat like a large eat one meal. meal. Yeah. yeah. So even without knowing it, you are kind of intermittent fasting, like we said, unintentionally. Right. Um, but if if we were to give you restrictions, why would we be giving you restrictions? Because the problem is for you, you you already under eat. This, yeah. this, well, the it, insulin level thing I think is interesting, like because yeah. you have more energy when you intermittent fast. Right. And well, that I think well, is well, something the, a lot of people. Yeah. The thing about what he what he mentioned about the insulin like sensitivity. Um, is that if you're, I, I kind of use the metaphor of like a gas tank, right? If you're continuously filling up the gas tank with, let's say, uh, glycogen and meaning like a <clears throat> carbohydrate of sense. Why like do you, you go guys to the like to say shop, glycogen over sh- carbohydrate? Uh, because it, when it goes inside the body, it gets stored as glycogen okay. in your muscles and your liver. Um, so let's, you eat your carbs, you go to your coffee shop in the morning and you get your cup of coffee and you always get your croissant right? And you get that carb, you eat it um, <clears throat> right around, let's say nine o'clock in the morning, you go and you get that right around 12. 
uh, since you ate something that was necessarily a carbohydrate, you get this big kind of insulin spike in the morning at 9 a.m. What happens is, is that spike will then have to go down like a roller coaster. Not necessarily it's going to go down super fast, but if you've been eating a lot of carbohydrates all the time in your life, it will start to go into this kind of super big high and then really big low. Uh, with that law, you get really hungry. So you have a tendency to overeat um, more when you're doing that. So let's say you take the time-restricted eating method, uh, let, whether that be a 12 and 12 or 16, eight or anything like that, you're giving your body time to use that stored energy from mm -hmm. those carbs that you are eating inside that window, window to deplete. And when you do that, let's say when you do break your fast and you eat the food, it has a less of a big spike and actually a smaller lull. It'll balance out. So it's it's what people are talking about when they say um, my blood sugar, like when you get hangry, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And they're like, oh, my blood sugar is just too low and I need to eat. Uh, that kind of depletes when you do intermittent fasting. Yeah, um, you, you have a better relationship with insulin inside your body. And I think that's it's an interesting segue into um, the reason most people aren't overweight, no matter what anybody says, is because most people have too much sugar. Most people have too much carbohydrate in, in the modern diet. Yeah. And everything kind of comes back to that. So it's a way of, you know, controlling that, um, controlling your, you know, glycogen consumption, yeah. your carbohydrate consumption, your, your sugar consumption, a way of, um, you know, becoming more insulin sensitive, uh, not feeling like you need to rely on that constant carbohydrate intake to keep your energy levels where you need to keep them and to kind of like be more stable um, throughout the day. I, I think a lot of people like they just reach for carbohydrates all the time because they think they need energy from it. It's like, yeah. I need energy, I need energy. I feel low, I feel tired, carbs, carbs, carbs. And before they know it, they're 300 grams of carbs down and they're gonna gain weight. Um, and especially with the quick carbohydrates that you, and I'm not saying that everybody's going to McDonald's, but that you see in this modern day society, it, it, it is a lot of like these dense carbohydrates, but it's these carbohydrates combined with fat as well. Yeah. Because like I'll play devil's advocate. There's a lot of people out there that I know, especially inside of our gym that are like, well, I, I eat a lot of carbs. I'm like, well, what does your fat look like? And they're like, oh, I eat like 10 grams of fat. I'm like, what are you cooking with water? I mean, it, it's it's one of those things when you're combining two energy sources or you're going to McDonald's and you're having this food that's high in carbs and as well as high in fat that you get this overconsumption of energy and then you become, you know, you start to put on the pounds. Was that a lot, Elena? <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew this was going to get deep. No, it's, uh, it is a lot. It, it is, is a lot. lot. For yeah. people to to think about, I it feel is like. because there's, there's there's different things. It's like it's understanding the, the caloric value of macronutrients. So when I have protein, I know it's four calories per gram. When it's carbohydrates, you I just know could you could speak just a little bit slower when you say those things. You when you protein. So, so if I have protein, <laughs> it's four calories per gram. Per gram, got it. Okay. Uh -huh. If it's carbohydrates, it's four calories per gram. Uh huh. If it's fat, it's nine calories per gram. So fat gets a bad name because it's more calorically dense. Love fat. <laughs> <laughs> but hormonally, it's really the sugar that, that causes problems. That said, too much of anything, if you're taking in too many calories, no matter what it's from, you're going to gain too much weight. Again, that said, it's hard to eat too much protein 
because it's very satiating, it's very filling, it's easy to eat a ton of carbohydrates because it's moorish. Yeah. You can just chow it down, um, especially when it's combined with fat, like Tyler was saying, like fat and carbs together, like a big bag for a big bag of fries. Right. Well, stuff. like the real good stuff. Yeah. The real good stuff. <laughs> Had some of those poutine. last night. Poutine. That's the good Ooh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I always thought, I mean, we've talked about this really briefly prior, but like I always thought uh, like you put butter on bread because it's going to fill you. Like, I mean, that's a terrible example for this nutrition episode, but like you put butter on bread because that's going to like keep you full for longer than if you just ate bread by itself. No. What do you guys think about that? I would not <laughs> advise that. I, yeah, I, I would say that that's like a. That, does your mom tell you that? It's like an old mom thing to be yeah, like, you need to like, butter your bread so it makes you yeah, yeah it fills yeah, you yeah. up. Um, when you're when you do that, uh, just stay so, away from the butter and the so bread. Is that's a, no, no, that's a that's a good that's a good kind of segue. Let's talk about that. So usually, what happens is is when you do that, let's say you butter you butter up your bread. Um, mm. Your first source of energy that your body likes to use is carbohydrates. It, it, it likes to use glycogen inside your body um, to run functions like, you know, you just staying alive. Uh, but it doesn't have to. So that's where the whole ketogenic diet comes into play. But to talk about what happens when you do eat butter and bread is that your body will usually use that like carbohydrate first and then it will store everything else it needs to. So now you just put in a very caloric dense food inside of your body. So you're going to store the fat calories usually more than you would by just eating carbs. And that's kind of like, or and that's what the bodybuilding diet kind of is, is like a higher carb, low fat, you know, protein on point diet. Mm. Does that make sense? Cool. Yeah. In the most, deep in the most, in the most basic, <laughs> in the most basic times, yeah, I would say with every meal you need to think about where your protein source is coming from. Like very, very rarely would I eat like carb, uh, carbs and fats on their own. It's usually either a protein and a fat or a protein and a carb. So with every meal of first importance, remember that Greek, yeah. Uh, first importance. Oh, yeah, first importance is protein. is protein. You know, but a Mediterranean diet is heavy in the fat. Yeah, high in fat and high in protein. Yeah. yeah. And it's usually lower in carbs, though they're not. There you go. Yeah. Medi diet. No, but I think what P- Peter was, uh, you know, just talking about is that, and I think that that is kind of the more of the wave of the future where we're going in nutrition because prior to that when the ketogenic diet happened and this big boom happened it was like you're either no carb or you're all carb or you're no fat or you're all yeah. fat and what we really need to be focusing on and to tie this all back in is what is protein what is fat and what are carbs and understand those three macronutrients and then specify your meal like he was just talking about around that. So like always having your protein of first importance and then uh, having fat with that or having your carbs if, you know, prior to that, if you've worked out or anything like that. So knowing and understanding the macronutrients and knowing what you're eating or knowing what you're putting in your body, I think is a big, big important thing. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, we'll talk about nutrition timing on another uh, podcast, but for the purpose of this this podcast and, and kind of going back to the basics, um, 
once you once you have your your protein source and you're really thinking about focusing on nutritionally dense foods um what i mean by that is when you, when you eat quality protein whether it's quality steak or quality chicken whatever it is you're making sure that that that's coming from a good source and that it is nutritionally dense right we're, we're eating too much food that is not nutritionally dense that's um either man-made or that's poorly sourced and um, that's just like it's just meant to kind of like fill you up but it doesn't contain anything your body can actually use meaningfully so i mean it's funny right now because you know you have the, the keto diet and you have all these kind of like uh man-made keto products yeah. um which it's and, and 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 to make the argument vegan does the same thing you have keto and you have vegan and they're both making these products that are man-made products and saying oh it's vegan because there's no meat in it or it's it's keto because it's got this amount of fat and it's got very little carbs in it but it's it's chemicals it's yeah. chemically made stuff what do you... that might fit within the bracket of keto and vegan but it's not eating real food it's not eating natural food and for most people if they can just get back to eating real food uh-huh. and focusing on protein and good sources of carbohydrates and good sources of fat that will be enough to get them to a good place a good place um, hormonally, a good place um, in terms of calories, um, and it will stop them. It will stop them overeating because if you're eating real food, it is satiating. Mm-hmm. If you're eating junk food, it's not satiating. It's more. It makes you want to eat more of it. Yeah. So it's like just just get back to the basics of eating real food. Um, I was gonna ask without like saying like a brand name or anything, but what do you when you say like a keto product? Like what is that? look like that's so you, you can go into any supermarket or any decent supermarket now and you can buy like keto pancakes or keto waffles or keto chips or you know oh all yeah of these man-made foods yeah um that don't exist in nature they're just like we create them because they fit in the bracket of keto or yeah like i said they fit in the bracket of bracket of veganism but we made them yeah so they don't right. they don't exist in nature got it whereas like you know, it's interesting again with with the way these things go. Like the, the paleo diet, which was kind of massive in the early two thousands, um, was kind of returned to like eat real food. Right. Stop fucking around with all this like man made stuff. Just eat real food, and then it then that evolved into you could buy all these paleo products that were like contain paleo type foods, but they were actually like paleo cookies and paleo this and paleo that. And it's kind of like, well, you now you've gone away from what your initial intention was. And all of these diets go through the same thing because food yeah. is a business, right? We're trying to make money off food. So it's like, let's create all these different products that fit in these different brackets for all these different people so that they can stick to their principles of, mm-hmm. I'm a vegan, I eat vegan food. Well, you're eating a chemical, chemically yeah. made product that was made in a lab that fits within your your bracket of veganism, but it's not good for you. Yeah. Your body doesn't know how to process it. It yeah. can't draw anything meaningful from it. Yeah, I mean, I had a client the other day talk to me and like this was a big one is that uh, he went to a butcher and then he's like, oh, that was like really expensive. And I was like, well, yes, it was because you got good quality meats. But then I was like, but then you got to go to the grocery store and get your just fruits and vegetables. And then he looked at me and I was like, yeah, there's only two things that you really need. There's there's your butcher and then you need to fill everything else with good quality vegetables, good quality fruit. Um and that's it. You know, all the other aisles inside of your grocery stores, you don't really need to walk through. What about grains? 
Good question. I don't know if we have enough so, time yeah, for the, with the grain whole, conversation. Sort of, we'll have an episode um, on we'll grains. Have, we'll have an episode yeah. on grains. And, um, but the the necessary food we're talking about the the straight up necessities of life to just have a good quality life like peter said hormonally and just health balance you need to be eating good quality meats good quality vegetables and you know moderate fruit anything else Lenny, you want to add before we wrap, wrap this one up i mean i feel like it could go on it could go on forever i mean there's so many things we could talk about but like i said i just want from this podcast i just want people to like understand the basics of what what can help them improve their their diet and thinking about yes calories definitely matter daily caloric limits have to be in place once you establish that you're thinking about every plate i'm going to start with protein what's my protein source and i'm going to build the rest of my plate around my protein source um and then from there you know it's just tinkering but always go back to the basics good quality foods from good sources um that keep you within your caloric limit that don't make you feel like shit. <laughs> yeah. That was good. We're going to have for dinner. What am I going to have for dinner? I don't know. Fish? I, yeah, that'll be probably... I mean, I actually have more questions, but I'm I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold them. Maybe we do an episode two. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do part two soon. Yeah. There's more to know. <laughs> okay, guys, that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us for more information at Ferris Echo Park on Instagram. If you haven't subscribed to the channel already, uh, please do so. Leave a review, share with your friends, all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, uh, if you're in the area, come and see us at 1316 Glendale Boulevard. Always great to see you guys. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you real soon. Take care. Bye.